0: Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there. Steve. Hello! Greetings! Who is apparently Hannibal Lecter today?
1: Oh man, I'm Yig. You're Yig. By way of Judge Death,
0: but yeah. Welcome to the show, Yig. Uh, We have a topic that might be of interest to you. It's really great to be
1: here. All
0: right, all right. Have, have a lozenge there, Yig. Have a lozenge. <coughs> all okay.
1: right. Uh, yeah, it's really it's, it's
0: great to be here. Well, you're always here, so hopefully it is great. All right, today we are talking about an audio book we were gifted to check out. It's called The Book of Yig. Revelations of the Serpent, a Cthulhu Mythos Anthology, edited by David Hambling and Peter Rollick. It's been a little while since we've looked at anything by Peter Rollick. It has, for a good reason. <laughs> uh, this is five short stories. Um, yeah, four and, a, four and a bit. Four and a bit. Easy it's enough really- to call it five.
1: Yeah, it's like four novellas, really. Mm. Longer than a short story, but, but considerably shorter than a novel.
0: Right. Right. Uh, all centered around uh, the figure from the expanded mythos, Yig.
1: Mm, kind of.
0: Well, wasn't Yig like uh, a character from a rewrite? Not. Uh...
1: Well, Yig was from a uh, a story that, that uh, Lovecraft basically ghost wrote, right. so technically it's Lovecraft. I think uh, I think it was Bishop was the co-author, Zadelia Bishop. Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't that and, the Curse of Yig?
1: Yes, and I think she came up with the idea, and then Lovecraft kind of just took off with it. Um, I actually reread that story in prep for this, and. That Yig has absolutely fucking lootly nothing to do with whatever's going on in here. And that's fine, because I think, and we'll we'll touch on this later. I think things like Yig have taken on a life of their own, and there's sort of become a continuity outside of primary sources, I guess you would say, Lovecraft's story. Uh, poss- possibly um, the Robert E. Howard story uh, the, with the serpent people mm. um, and um, the nameless city. Right. I, I think all of those curse of Yig has to do with Yig and Yig alone. Right. Right. There's no serpent people in Yig. Like not as, as a, an ancient pre-human race that has Fallen into, um, you know, into uh, out of favor, I guess, with powers that be. That, I think, came uh, with Robert E. Howard and with the Cull stories. Mm. Um, It's hinted at in The Nameless City. Lynn Carter, uh, I think, expands it even further, but really, like, the I think the Yig part came later. It's almost parallel to how uh Haster and the King Yellow evolved into part of the mythos, right? Right, right. And at, at by non-primary sources, and now you have like the sort of continuity that exists because it does. <laughs> right. If that makes any sense. It's it's not like canon, there's no official canon, it's like a bunch of people writing stories. Right. Right. And right. they, they kind of like play off each other. Right. But it's not an official can and it's, there's no Yig Bible out there somewhere. This is what happens. This is the Yig mythos, mm. how it, how it affects um, humanity as we know it, blah, blah, blah. It just kind of evolves. So. Right.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you had the, the original uh, gang of, of authors who would like reference each other more as Easter eggs. And then you have a later generation of authors undertaking the same subject matter who uh, actually have provided some sort of continuity rather than it being like, Oh, haha ha. He used my, the name of my book from that story in this story. It's more like it's the same freaking
1: book. Right. Everybody's so concerned with having everything be part of the same universe. And they pay such particular attention to this continuity that never existed, that we have these painstaking continuity driven stories that unfortunately end up retelling the same things over and over again, because they're constrained by these ideas.
0: Mm. -hmm. Right. All right. So let's uh, get into the book. This is available in print as well as audio. And that's a good thing. (laughs) Uh, There will be links in the description uh, of this, of this episode, uh, just in case you want to check them out. Uh, We'll
1: have the we're going to try and be we're going to try be spoiler free here. We're going to try to
0: be spoiler free and and just talk about our general impressions of the overall book rather than a deep dive because this is a brand spanking new book. Yeah, it's like two weeks old. Yeah. Uh, as of this recording. As of this recording, and this is on the twenty fifth as we're actually doing the recording. So, let's um let's talk about the L, the serpent. Elephant-sized serpent in the room.
1: The anaconda, the in, the anaconda room. The,
0: the, the, the in the room. The the tatanaboa in the room.
1: They got snakes this big out here? In the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. The narration on this audio book was horrible. Yes. I'll just say it. I'll just... I can't... I try... I really try and, and have positive things to say about stuff, even if I don't particularly like it. But I gotta say... I'm not going to name names, but the narrator of this book ripped off the authors. <laughs> he did not do them any justice interpreting their, their books to the point where it was so distracting that I, I couldn't even tell if these stories were any good.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was uh, the the. Prefer- there's an aspect of audiobooks, right? You go to a convention or a book signing or something like that, and you get a reading, right? Where the author will read the story aloud. Uh, in audiobooks, there's an aspect of performance to it. And here, the performance was a little lackluster. Uh, the gentleman who who did the narration tried um but also kind of failed it was it seemed at times to be uh one take uh recordings of each story uh the the audio itself was inconsistent across the the stories there was uh i believe it was still life with death the third story in the book sounded like it was recorded through a tin can
1: yeah now I mean, now
0: i'm saying this being the like you know absolute heavyweight champ of uh, raw recording. (laughs)
1: Because the quality of of what you're listening to is not all that, like, you know, processed either. Right,
0: right. You know, I do some compression. I do some equalization. Um, But
1: this is a podcast that no one pays for. This is true. And no one's getting paid to make it sound pretty,
0: this is also true. I,
1: I can only assume. <laughs> I can only assume that the narrator was paid. I'm, I may be wrong. Right, um, he might have volu- volunteered his time and and mm. his equipment. That's a possibility, but I'm just assuming that. Um, this
0: is like that- a lot of the audio Audible stuff where you put a uh, a script on up for review on Audible and somebody comes along and provides a, a sample and you cut a deal and they record your audio book. I believe that's right. how Milton days described it.
1: Right. So, I mean, <laughs> without getting too deep into the process, cause I know nothing about it. <laughs> pardon me. I just got to say that I've heard, well, even like non-professional recordings that we've reviewed on here before, cause there's been a couple of them mm-hmm. have, have sounded uh, better in terms of sound quality and performance
0: yep uh, we've done a couple of LibriVox recordings um, one, one of the most famous we've done was uh, the uh, Gene Wolfe book book of the new Sun. yes that actually was
1: not a LibriVox recording. that was not that a was, LibriVox that, that was the official audio book of that that was um, the you're going to feel bad now that was uh, for blind people Oh Jesus fucking Christ!
0: <laughs> God, I'm such an asshole.
1: That was that was the official recording for books on tape for uh, people who who couldn't right. read it.
0: Books on tape when when uh, when audio books were for the differently abled rather than for busy people.
1: Yes. So the, actually, the the book of the new sun has been re recorded. Uh, Really well, actually. With an all-star cast, including Neil No, it's, it's just the one guy, but he's really good at it. Yeah. Um, I think it's Jim Davis. Maybe not. Anyway, back to the matter at hand.
0: Right. We're not saying you have to be Rich Little. Um,
1: but don't be Wesley James Young.
0: Right. Um, I'm trying yeah. to remember exactly how Benedict Blanc was a native of Arkham, Massachusetts.
1: Yes, that th- we had wandering accents, we had I swear the guys at one point sounded like um, uh, zero the hut <laughs> <laughs>
0: there there were times there were times where he was kind of drifting into that kind of zero the hut sort of everybody way. like had
1: some like sort of like posh New Orleans accent.
0: Yeah, and you know, for natives of Arkham, Massachusetts, I I believe that the narrator is British, and perhaps the British believe we all talk like fucking Colonel Sanders over here.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's all I'm going to say on the subject. I'm I'm not going to bust the guy's balls anymore. I just I didn't like the the narration. Uh, right,
0: right, right. We just we just
1: we're just taking a piss, man. Right. It was distracting um, and it was unfortunate. So to get beyond that, the actual stories themselves, there's, there's uh, four, four main stories and then like a coda mm-hmm. kind of ties it all together. And now the, the cool thing is they take, there's a MacGuffin that kind of flows through all of all the stories. It's a um, it's an ancient uh, snake person artifact. Right. A a stone. That um that it's not it's not necessarily the central part of every story, but it appears in every story mm-hmm. and kind of ties everything together, making uh making a a, a fair attempt at continuity within the book itself. Right, right. Just like um almost almost like a thieves world kind of flavor to it. Mm-hmm.
0: And it does uh, jump back and forth through time throughout the stories. There's a bit of a continuity between the stories themselves. It's almost kind of that that same uh, MacGuffin of heavy metal.
1: Right. The, 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 the orb. Well, this one starts out in what, like uh, Victorian, late Victorian England. That's the first story. The Snakes in the Garden is a mystery, a Holmesian mystery Mm -hmm. uh, that takes place in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Hard to tell, hard to completely pin it down, but that that's a time period. The second um, Andrew Dorian and the Journey to the Serpent Temple uh, takes place during the thirties. The third, still life with death, takes place uh, post World War II mm-hmm. uh, when they're ramping up toward the Korean up conflict. Towards yeah, and and Vietnam. Uh, Revelations, the last story, takes place uh, in the sixties, mm-hmm. right? Well, no, um, no, I'm thinking. No, still life with death takes place in the sixties. Revelations is more modern, right? And then the last one is modern,
0: modern. Right. Right. Revelations is like uh,
1: more of a cold war. Oh no. I'm sorry. The, yeah. That's like the sixties. I was right for the first time. Revelations is is like during the sixties. Right. Still life with death is
0: uh, during the forties. It's during world war II because there is Nazis. Oh,
1: right. Nazis. <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> All right, Nice. Um, so what were your impressions of the book as a whole?
0: Book as, as a whole, book? um, it, it's it's really hard to say. Like like you said, the narration was a little bit distracting. Uh, my impression of the book as a whole would probably have been better served in print. Um, uh, I mean, overall. It you know it's just mediocre I mean the stories themselves uh you know each they all have their high points and their 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 low points uh you know and your mileage may vary really I mean if you are like a die hard you know, I have to read everything quote unquote Cthulhu mythos related uh this is gonna be in there. Uh, If you are a fan of any of the authors that appear in this anthology, then you're going to be in it. But, um, you know, I I don't think if I was just uh, with no familiarity with the mythos or or any of these authors, and I saw this on a bookshelf, I'd probably pass, you know, after reading. Uh, Though it has some pulp sensibilities to it, And it was uh, offered to us through the Pulp Cthulhu uh, player's Facebook page. It doesn't have necessarily that sense of adventure that you would get out of uh, Pulp. I mean, it's pulpy in that, you know, it's Sherlock Holmes and and a little bit of... uh, Violence. There's a lot of violence. There's some violence, but it just doesn't... It doesn't seem like it's dangerous so to speak you know it's like reading three doc savage novels back to back you know the first one's exciting the third one isn't so much
1: i i hear where you're coming from i think that the second story (laughs) andrew dorian or doran and the journey to the serpent temple was had that Mm -hmm. that had the pulp aspect to it. Uh, We had Lost Temples, you know, flights through jungles, car chases, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, double agents, triple agents, the whole, everything that you, you expect to come out of like a pulp kind of story.
0: Right, right. And it's easily the, the best of,
1: of the, of the four. I agree. Um, That was the one where I kind of cared. Mm-hmm what was going on. Um, the unfortunate thing, I, I think the having this continuity of this stone, mm-hmm. um, I think kind of detracted from the rest of the stories. It was central to this story. Mm-hmm. It was actually the MacGuffin in, right. the, in the story. Right. Um, and the other story not so much. It kind of appeared, well, still life with death. It was also a big part of the plot. Right. Uh, But I think It was shoehorned in At times It didn't feel like it necessarily Needed to be there Especially by the time you get to Revelations It's just kind of I kind of get the feeling that Raleigh kind of put it in there To put it in there Because it really It doesn't do anything It just like kind of happens Which is unfortunate Uh, So I think that it Might have been a better, uh, just book if they if the editors just let the stories be their own thing, Mm -hmm. breathe and have their own room instead of being constrained to have this MacGuffin there, right?
0: Right? If if Yig themselves was the MacGuffin and the thread that tied them all together rather than this particular item,
1: right. I think that it really, I won't say adds, but uses the, um, that Robert E Howard ish, uh, history of the serpent people. It leans into that a lot more than it leans into, mm-hmm. uh, the cosmic horror of Yig. Right. 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 Uh, because if you, if you recall, the curse of Yig is about a, a guy and his wife homesteading uh he's afraid of snakes she kills a nest of of baby snakes Mm -hmm. to to uh you know save spare him the trauma and then she she takes it upon herself to have the curse which um is pretty nasty i'll let y'all read the curse of Yig on your own it's a pretty good story that has nothing to do with any of this and that is like for me that's like yig and there's no serpent people. Mm. And I think that because, oh, well, Lovecraft had this serpent god. And, oh, there's these um, ancient serpent people. I think that kind of got conflated over the course of the years. Mm. So these, these How, Howardian serpent people now worship this Lovecraftian god because continuity <laughs> because it has to be that way because they all it all has to make sense some, somehow and and honestly i kind of think that this like what is it, like oh Jesus, almost 100 years of continuity at this point right somewhere around there yeah it's like 90 years <laughs> 90 years of weird fiction having this this like loose continuity that just gets tighter and tighter like a noose um, as as we go in, I kind of find it constricting that you end up with the same stories told over and over again. And I'm not saying that, like, I didn't enjoy uh, Journey to the Serpent Temple, but it kind of has been told before, um, as has all of these stories. And I'm not saying that they're pastiche because they're not, but because this continuity, I think, has become so... Just um, rigid. That these are the stories you're hearing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and I hate to say it, but uh, Pete Rollick does it a lot, and he he's a good enough writer that often he will play with the continuity to fit what he wants to tell. Right, right. right. Not not this time. This time, uh, honestly, I thought Revelations was basically the exact same story as Journey to the Serpent Temple, just told in modern times. But there you go. But I think that I, I just think of this continuity thing. It's just it's 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 way too constrictive on something that way back in when Howard and and Lovecraft and and um Clark Ashton Smith and those guys were writing it's like you said earlier it was uh it was Easter eggs mm-hmm. it was they were buddies and they were joshing with each other they weren't trying to create like the the uh, weird fiction cinematic universe and I think that's what people are 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 pushing it toward and it's just it's boring mm-hmm. It's boring. It's. Just, I'm not going to go on my diatribe of, of the Marvel one being boring. It is, but it's just it's the same stuff over and over again, and it just, it culminates to where, like now, I, I I could see why people like authors like uh, Ligotti, mm-hmm. um, because it's different. Because it's it's not taking these just this false continuity. It's taking the ideas, right, mm-hmm. of of cosmic horror or you know pulp adventure, like these these ideals and doing new things with them. It's not concerned with how many fucking Peasleys exist in, and the the you know the generations of of fucking um, Whatleys or whatever, right it's 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 done get something else
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's plenty of room i think in, in in the 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 broad sense of weird fiction to continue with these types of uh adventure stories and to branch out into these these other genres other than cosmic horror uh and bring in the cosmic horror ideas into into this like like the Indiana Jones style adventure of Andrew Doran and journey to the serpent temple Um, or, or the cold war thriller of revelations. You know, there's lots of room for this type of stuff, but it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to everything that came before. Right. And sure, you know, it, it, there, there is an aspect of it that, that's kind of reflective of uh, Delta green or pulp Cthulhu in there, the role-playing games that that you know this this could easily tie into you know a campaign for for that uh, game setting.
1: Yeah, but that's a different kind of storytelling.
0: Yes, it's definitely a different type of storytelling. Um, but there there again, it's also that's one of the ways that uh, the the elements kind of cross genres. I suppose the word is. Yeah, I guess. You know, where you get elements of, you know, the window, the window, the three lobe burning eye. Ah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I hate to say it's a, that trope, I'm getting a lot more respect for that trope. (laughs) Now that like, there's imitators of it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, The original trope. Right. The the actual, the three lobe burning eye as opposed to. Other things,
0: right, right, but but even even in that story, you know that was the the originator of the idea, you know the 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 suicide note that continues to the point of the suicide and possibly a yes. couple of seconds afterwards. Right.
1: Yes. The the beast of ah. <laughs> Maybe he meant Saint Ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. More with the back of the throat.
1: Yes. I agree <laughs> I, I just think I, I read I've been reading a lot of these old um, Weird Tales Reprints mm-hmm. from like things Like uh, like the new Cthulhu uh, Writers whatever you know Cthulhu 2000 Or uh, the other one I'm reading Is like I don't know I forgot what it's Called but it's like a bunch of like stories mm-hmm. By not Lovecraft <laughs> but like Robert Bloch and, and Fritz Lieber and people like that, it's their early attempts, you know, to imitate Lovecraft. Right. And where they, a lot of them go in for like straight up, um, just imitation pastiche. Right. And, and maybe you have like uh, Brian Lumley comes up with a new name for, for his, you know, awful thing. Or, or Lieber does, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're getting like the, I guess, the polar opposite of that. We're not imitating um, the style. Right. Right. We're imitate, we're just tied down to the words.
0: Interesting.
1: So, where like somebody like Lumley, they might like throw a Cthulhu in there. That's not the focus of the story, right? Right. He has his own gods, his own beings, his own things. But you know, it's very you know derivative of of Lovecraft's style, right? Here we we, we we've gotten away from that because nobody wants to have those purple prose anymore, right? Right. It's passe. But God damn, if we're not slaves to the ideas, mm-hmm. and. To, to the point where, like, like I said, it's just getting boring. I don't care how great of a of a wordsmith you are, if your idea is just like a, a recabobulating of you know the call of Cthulhu, right? Why'd exactly. you write it? Why? Why did you write that story?
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think that is a great spot to uh, to end it there. That's a that was a. Good, solid statement there. Pow. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, our thoughts on the book of Yig, Revelations of the Serpent, by, edited by uh, David Hambling and Peter Rolick. Uh, links will be in the description again. Uh, if you're into mythos stories, you're into uh, genre-bending uh, blends of cosmic horror, this this is something you should check out. Uh
1: I would say get the 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 ebook. Yep, get the not ebook, the not audio, audio book.
0: Audio book. I would go with uh, print or or uh, ebook right over the audio. My apologies, but you know it's. I did get some minis painted while listening, but. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yep, that's it for this week. And in two weeks, don't forget to come by, and we'll be looking at uh Milton Davis's Cyberfunk.
1: Continue with the
0: anthologies. Continue back to anthologies for a little while. We haven't done anthologies in a while, so it was kind of good uh even even if our thoughts on this one were less than stellar, it was nice to get back into a uh, blending of voices.
1: Yes. And so until next time, keep 30 luck points.
0: And we'll see you then.